Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. What? I missed that last part. I'm going to be cranky. You're going to be cranky if what? If you don't read to me. Well, what do you think we're doing? What do we do today? What do we do today? You have to at least introduce yourself. I'm not going to be the creepy adult reading to children. That's weird. We went to Wilma's. Ta-da, there. We went to Wilma's, and we visited Wilma and Wynn and Matt and Patty, and we met Shay and Joe, and then we also saw Joe and Arnold with their horse, and we saw our horses, Callahan and Finn, and we brought Maximus, and we saw all the Wilma's dogs, and we had dinner. What did we have for dessert? Cake. Freaking cake. It was so good. It was whipped cream, angel food, and freaking raspberry in the middle, and on top there were raspberries. That was good, huh? I didn't eat the raspberry part. What? Why? And the raspberry. I don't really like raspberries. Do you know raspberries are one of the only fruit that I actually love? You know, watermelon's the only fruit that I like. That's one of the, You know what? When I was younger, when some, whenever they would say, what's your favorite food? Watermelon. But I don't like watermelon when it feels like it's like, I guess I can't explain it and I don't know the word for it, but when it feels like it's like grainy, you know, when you have like, you bite into it and it's like circles or something where it's like kind of old. It has to be like, I hate, I mean, sometimes I like perfect raspberries. Me too. I can't, I don't eat anything soggy. I won't even. You, you know, when the raspberries are like dark red, yeah. my dad says those are th- the good ones, even though they're the grossest ones. Um, then you can, li- those are like, oh my God, yay. Those are like right before they mold. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, here, you can have them. And I'm like, if you like them so much, you eat them. You're like, are you trying to pawn this nasty old raspberry off to me? I don't like that. I pretend that I eat them. And, and usually when he does, when we get them, hmm. The chickens are out in next to the fence, so I just... You're all, here you not, go, it's your lucky day, chickens. When, when he's not looking. Fling. Yeah. yeah. Okay, can you... Okay, all right, all right, all right. Well, we missed a couple days because Peyton was really sick, and here we go. We're back in, We're back on track. Poor little Peyton, she was so sick, huh? What, I threw up at class. She threw up in class. On my computer. Barfity, barf, barf, barf. And I had to be gone for a couple of days. Yeah, I had to. And now I got school. a rash on my foot. Yeah, she had hand, foot, and mouth at eight years old. That's crazy. But and today, a teacher, Shay, the girl we met today, is a teacher, and she said another third grader got hand, foot, and mouth. Really? Crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what she said. Crazy, huh? Well, you're so precious. You are getting things that only five-year-olds get. How precious. <laughs> okay. All right. Come on. Book nine, Ivy and Bean Make the Rolls. And do you realize after this, there's only three books left? This is sad. 
Then we're done with Ivy and Bean. That's not sad. And if anybody's listening, what book are we doing next? Shoot. Mercy Watson. I was like, Pernersha Mershnanam? Yeah, the pig one. Mercy Watson. So if you guys want to do that. I think those are going to be quick reads. I think we're going to be able to do one episode per book. Okay. Very crafty. Bean and Ivy went inside their tent. They came out. They sat on the grass. They got up. They walked around. They sat back down again. Finally, Ivy said, What exactly do you do at camp? And Bean pulled out the Girl Power Forever paper and looked at the list. Well, all of this stuff is what you do. Ivy nodded, but like, what comes first? I'm not sure, Bean said. That's why I brought these. So she held up the wolf mask and the Santa hat. Wolf in Santa camp, asked Ivy. That sounds fun. No, we're going to the youth center to spy on Girl Power Forever camp, said Bean. She put the wolf mask over her face and she handed the Santa hat and beard to Ivy. Whatever they're doing, we'll do it too. Ivy put the Santa hat on and hunks of beard fell off in her mouth. Ooh, God, nasty. Don't you think they might notice a wolf and a Santa spying on them? Nah, said Bean. We're going to be really quiet and they won't notice a thing. Then why are we wearing this stuff? Asked Ivy, pulling the Santa hair out of her mouth. Well, just to be on the safe side, said Bean, because if Nancy does notice us, she's going to lose her marbles. Mm, wolf eyes are not in the same place as people, uh, said Bean, after she smacked into a tree for the second time. Bean decided to take the mask off until she got to the youth center. Santa didn't have a problem seeing Santa. But Santa didn't have a problem seeing. Santa had a problem breathing. And with every breath, big puffs of beard flew into Ivy's throat and made her cough. Shush, said Bean. I can't help it, choked Ivy. Spit, said Bean. So Ivy did. And that helped some. They slithered among the, among the monkey park trees. Even without her mask, Bean was a wolf hunting her prey. Tiptoe, tiptoe. Ivy was Santa, trying to deliver presents without waking up the kids. Tiptoe, tiptoe. They were almost there. Bean and Ivy went across the patch. And it's so weird when it says Bean and Ivy when the book's called Ivy and Bean. I feel like I'm saying it backwards. Um, uh, center to, they curled up the, around the building corner. Tiptoe, tiptoe. They crouched down and scuttled underneath the window. And Bean snapped her mask on. Slowly, slowly, they stood up and peeked. At long tables, rows of girls were bent over tiny threads, nodding and nodding. Ivy nudged and whispered, crafts? Friendship bracelets, Bean whispered back. She looked up and down at the rows uh, at the rows for Nancy. There she was. She was crouched over a table. You want to see the picture? She was crouched over the table. Oh, I lost my place. With colored threads and she was nodding like crazy she was nodding so hard that her tongue was sticking out of her mouth you want to do that ivy whispered bean bean looked up at her and at the nodders again what are you trying to do mm-hmm. bean looked up at the nodders again it was real camp in in real camp they made friendship bracelets yeah bean whispered is he not doing anything 
No, it is. Oh, okay. Just looking at it. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yeah, Bean whispered, I'd be nodded. Okay, if you want to. Unfortunately, nodding let loose a big fluff of beard. And very unfortunately, Ivy breathed it in again and began coughing. And extra unfortunately, three Girl Power Forever campers glanced up and saw the wolf. <laughs> That's funny. And saw the wolf and Santa choking, peering through the window. And then, really quiet, unfortunately, they screamed, Oh my God, oh my God, what was that? And Nancy looked up. Unfortunately, Ivy and Bean were long gone by that time, and by that time, they were racing wildly through the trees, zip, 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 tearing through the, tearing off the wolf mask and the Santa hat and the beard, and they reached Camp Flaming Arrow and flung themselves into their tent. Then they lie there gasping. Time for crafts, Bean wheezed. Ivy was still choking on Santa Fuzz. Bean ran to her house, so Bean ran to her house to get strength. She came back to camp, flaming arrow. A few minutes later, holding 12 neat coils of colored string. Where'd you get those, said Ivy. Bean said, oh, it was one of the best, one of the best things about Nancy being in camp, and she isn't in her room. She won't mind. Nah, said Bean. She's got tons of it. She won't even notice. Don't you just say that, a, didn't you just say that about the mask and the Santa, asked Ivy. She looked at the strings. How do you make friendship bracelets, anyways? Bean felt like a real counselor. The first thing you do is pick up your colors, she said. And they picked up their colors. Twelve neat coils of string turned into a brightly colored mound of string. Next, you put all of your six strings together and tie a knot, said Bean. She was pretty sure that's what you did. Anyways, well, she looked at Ivy's knot. Very good, she said. Now, you make more knots, one on each string. The more knots, the better, she figured. More knots, said Ivy. Making knots took a lot of concentration. That's what friendship bracelets are about, knots, said Bean. And then she briskly started knotting her own string. Knot, knot, knot. Wait, she had tried one string, tied one string to another. Bummer. My string was all bunched up, said Ivy. Undo it, said Bean trying to untie her knot. I can't, said Ivy. Bean sliced one of the strings in half and her fingernails. <sighs> and now she had seven strings. Stringarama. That's the kind of string that I use to do my needlepoint. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it's called. I don't know what it's called, but I do it and it's really fun. Now my first knot's undone, Ivy announced. Mine turned into two strings, said Bean. You know, said Ivy, I already know we're friends. It's not like I need a bracelet to figure it out. Now three of Bean's strings were split. She had 13 strings, stupid strings, she muttered, and then she tried to untangle them. When she looked up, she saw that Ivy had wrapped all of her strings around her wrist, and she was using her teeth to tie the ends together in a knot. What are you doing, Bean asked. That's not a craft. I'm being Houdini, said Ivy. No rope could hold him. He could escape from anything. She held out her wrist. Tie this knot and I'll show you how to, I, I'll show you how we did it. Bean threw her strings on the ground. There's no way you'd escape if I tied a special knot. That's what you'd think, said Ivy. Getting really I'm getting really good at escaping. Bean leaned over 
and tied the string around Ivy's wrist, nodding once, twice, three times. Hey, she said, look, it's a friendship bracelet. <laughs> That's funny. Chapter, Happy Campers. Ivy had just finished trying Bean's arm and leg together behind her back when they heard a voice say, that's weird. What, Ivy said looking around. She got up to investigate. Hey, called Bean. You can't just walk away. What are you doing? Asked Ivy. I'm trying to get the heck out of this rope, yelled Bean. But, look, she's tied together. That's called hogtied when your feet are tied like that to your arms. I mean, when your feet are tied to your wrists. I'm trying to get the heck out of this rope, yelled Bean. But Ivy was taking talking to someone else. To someone else's. And they were peeking around a bush. We're running away from home, said one of them. He was a little kid. Littler than Ivy and Bean. No, we're not, he said. Oh, no, we're not. He says anything. The other one said she was about their age. Are you doing a trick? Welcome to Camp Flaming Arrow, said Bean in her best counselor voice. It was hard to look like a counselor with her foot tied in it and tied to her hand, but she tried. Camp what? asked the girl. Camp Flaming Arrow, said Ivy. You know, the whoosh through the air, the sizzle. Then she added some people. Uh, then she added, some people call it Camp Neanderthal. The girl looked at Bean. Why is she all tied up? Crafts, yelled Bean, struggling to get her foot free. The boy settled, set down his backpack. That's a good craft. Can I be at your camp? I thought you were running away from home, said Ivy. Now, the girl shook her head. We're visiting our great aunt, and she told us to come here and play. We can't go back to her house until dinner. Oh my God, I'd be pissed if I sent you to go with your aunt, and she said, don't come home until dinner. Jeez. Whoa, said Ivy. Dinner's a long time from now. The girl nodded. She's kind of crabby. Bean heaved herself over onto the side with a thump. She smiled, showing all of her teeth. Welcome to Camp Flaming Arrow. A week of fun and inspiration for g kids. The boy was a the boy was a boy, so she couldn't say just for girls. I'm Counselor Bean, and that girl is Counselor Ivy. The boy's name was Harlan, and he was six years old, and his sister was Franny, and she was seven. Harlan asked where the other campers were. Bean tried to think of a good answer. She couldn't. Actually, there aren't any other. Camp doesn't really start until next week. Right, said Bean. This is practice week just for the counselors. But we'll make an exception for you, said Ivy. Bean nodded seriously. You're lucky. If you came next week, you might not get in. This camp is pretty popular, right? Ivy nodded. Seriously, too. You don't look like very old enough to be counselors, said Franny. Oh, we're all we're old, all right, said Bean. We're short for our ages, said Ivy. Really short, she sighed sadly. Oh, she probably said, like, really short. Harlan and Franny could tell that it wouldn't have been polite to ask any more questions about that. Well, now, we always like to start with a little talk about camp rules, said Bean, rubbing her hands together. So sit down. Crisscross applesauce, hop to it. Harlan and Franny plopped down to the to the grass and waited obediently. 
Ivy and Bean looked at each other with shining eyes. Come on. This was going to be good. No one ever let them make the rules. Rule number one, said Bean, you can have as much as you are willing to get hurt. Have as much fun as you are willing to get hurt. What, said Franny? Rule two, live and learn. Her mother used to say that a lot. Rule three, Bean yelled, the counselor is always right. Ivy began to giggle. Rule four, if you want to make an omelet, you're going to have to break some eggs. And if you can't beat them, join them, bellowed Bean. Don't get mad, get even, yelled Ivy. I don't think this is a real camp, said Franny. Time for cram for crafts, shouted Bean. How was your how was your day at school? Or how was your day, Dad? Oh my dad. How was your day, Bean? Her dad asked her that night. Great, said Bean. What did you do? Great, said Bean. She was still thinking about crafts. It had been a lot of fun. Even Franny and Harlan had fun. They were kind of the kind of kids who enjoyed having their hands tied to their feet. What? said her dad. Bean turned to Nancy. How was girls camp forever, she asked. Super duper fun, said Nancy, shoving a fork full of pasta in her mouth. What exactly did you do, said Bean? Well, we did nature study first, and then, what's nature study, asked Bean. You don't know studying, you know, studying nature, duh, and, said Nancy. And then we had crafts and dance, and I'm in a routine called, wait, her eyes got narrow. Why do you want to know? Bean opened her eyes wise, wide and pitiful. I'm just interested in your life. Is that all right? No, said Nancy, and her eyes got narrower. Leave, leave my life alone. Nancy, Nancy said to her mother, don't be mad at your little sister. Yes, yeah, said Bean. I'm just a little kid. When their parents weren't looking, Nancy stuck her tongue out at Bean. That's not very nice. Chapter Monkey Park Gone Wild. Ivy was the counselor in charge of the nature study. It was only fair. She knew a lot about nature. She knew about bugs and dinosaurs and tornadoes, but what in the heck was nature study? Ivy wasn't sure, so the next morning she brought every naturey thing she could think of to Camp Flaming Arrow. Please be seated, said Ivy to Harlan. Harlan and Franny, they sat. These are our nature study materials. Our kit. That sounded good. A kit sounded like something a counselor would have. This is a magnifying glass. She held it up. We know, said Franny. Shh, said Bean. Ivy held up a pair of goggles. These are goggles. They protect your eyes during explosions. Explosions, said Harlan. Ivy held up binoculars. For things, seeing things that are far away. Like what, said Franny. What are we going to see? Shush, said Bean. Paper bags, said Ivy, waving them for specimens. What specimens? said Franny. I don't have any specimens. Hey, said Bean. The counselor is always right. I don't think this nature funny study is real, grumbled Franny. Let's do more crafts like yesterday. Bean was just about to get mad when Ivy spoke. Fine, she said, like she didn't care. If you want to go off by yourself and do crafts, that's okay. But you'll be missing a very special event and a, a very unusual event. She paused and smiled. Today, nature study, she paused dramatically. The Komodo dragon. 
a dragon's wheeled Harlan. How many pages is this one? Oh, that's done. Komodo dragons are lizards, Ivy explained. They're longer than two grown-ups put together, and their spit is red and poisonous. And, and guess what else? They don't ever poop. What the heck are, what the heck do they look like? Asked Harlan. How can they not poop? I did not know that. That's crazy. They look like giant brown lizards, answered Ivy. They can't chew, but they don't have taste buds. She didn't, she didn't know about how they could, how they could not poop. So she didn't answer that question. Do they live here? Asked Harlan, looking around. How often, how can they not poop? Well, they eat whole goats, said Ivy, and they live here in Monkey Park. And they live here in Monkey Park, asked Granny. It sounded like she didn't believe it. Ivy looked at Bean. Komodo dragons are very, very rare in, in Monkey Park, she said. But we might get lucky today. This was the night we might see Komodo dragons that had escaped from the zoo. It's just possible. In fact, I think I'd better go to Komodo dragon catcher and get my Komodo dragon catcher just in case. Really, said Harlan. He bounced up a little. We're going to catch one? Maybe, said Ivy. I'll be right back. Ivy ran to her house. Gate Bean gave campers a pep talk. At least it started out as a pep talk. Nature study is one of the most important camps, she said, but it's also the most dangerous. She squinted her eyes like a cowboy. We've lost a few campers in nature study. Lost, said Harlan. Where? Bean shook her head slowly. She was feeling more like a cowboy every minute in Monkey Park, and she drawled, she, she drawled, it's a, it's a wild land. Harlan looked over, worried. Maybe we should skip nature study. It isn't camp without nature study, asked, said Bean, and she wanted to spit, but as it usually dribbled down her front, so she didn't. Don't fret, little fella. We're going to be prepared. You sound like a cowboy, said Franny. Well, ma'am, said began Bean. And then just then Ivy came running back with a butterfly net in her hand. That's a butterfly net, said Franny. It's a Komodo dragon catcher, said Ivy. They picked up a thick... <sighs> they picked up a thick stick. And here's your Komodo whopper. Harlan put on his goggles. What if they eat us? he asked. Oh, Harlan, said Franny. It's just a made-up. There aren't any Komodo dragons. Don't be so sure, Missy, said Bean, rubbing the part of her face where she there would be a beard. Let me move out. Let's move out nice and slow. Ivy led them through the little woods. They were wound among the trees and their feet crunching quietly over leaves. And Bean began to think that if there were Komodo dragons, it would be very hard to see. It might creep up on them with its red and poisonous spit. Halt, said Ivy. <laughs> I mean, Ivy whispered. Bean and Harlan and Franny halted. Ivy bent down and scrabbled in the dirt. Scrabbled, interesting word. Look, she pointed, in, she pointed footprints. Bean leaned in and saw a big five-toed print. Komodo, she asked. Ivy nodded. Be very quiet, she whispered, hardly breathing. 
They walked on, step, step, step. Hark, Ivy whispered. What's the call of the Komodo dragon? Woo-hoo, said Bean on the other side of her mouth. That's you, said Franny. No, that was a yellow-bellied... That was a yellow-bellied sapsucker, said Ivy. Suddenly, she bent and scrabbled in the dirt again. Look, she cried, a specimen. She held up her muddy lump. The Komodo has been here. Harlan lifted up his goggles to get a good look. What is that thing? This is the remains of a Komodo dragon breakfast. Ivy peered carefully at it. Me looking. I believe it was good. Oh, I believe it was a goat. A goat, said Harlan. That was a goat? Oh, Harlan, Franny said. It wasn't a goat. She's just making that up. Ivy turned a little bit red. I am not making it up. Yes, you are, said Franny. I said I believe it was a goat, and I do. Bean could see that Ivy was getting mad. Bean knew from experience that when Ivy got mad, she got stubborn. She could see that Franny was, was stubborn, too. They were probably going to have an argument. Yep, now they were having it. You don't know anything about Komodo dragons, said Ivy. God, how long is this chapter? Jimmy, Christmas. Oh my God, you guys, this chapter just keeps going. It's like that song that never ends. Bored, Bean sat down and looked over the field. The soccer teams were there again, and it wasn't a game without moms and dads watching. It was a bunch of kids kicking a ball around while teenagers yelled at them. Oh, teenagers yelled. Oh yeah, teenagers yelled at them. Summer camp, Bean guessed. Hey, one of the kids, Leo, went to, went to that who went, oh my God. Hey, one of the kids was Leo, who went to school with Ivy and Bean. He was mostly their friend, even though he called them wackos sometimes. As Bean watched, the teenager stopped yelling and walked away, talking on his cell phone. As soon as his back was turned, the soccer kids went bonkers, kicking the ball away. Go, go, go! They screamed, racing around the field. Leo was one of the fastest zigzaggingest and screeching and waving his arms wildly. Wildly. Bean started to laugh. Hey, she poked Ivy with her stick. Check it out. An escaped tr Komodo dragon. And she pointed to Leo. What? said Franny. Ivy turned and saw. She giggled. Wow, I heard of them. Get the bigger one, Bean yelled. And then she jumped up and began to run, waving her womp her whopper. Ivy followed with her butterfly net. Komodo dragon hunt, Bean screamed to Franny and Harlan as they took off behind the, her. Leo was so busy, un, uh, busy zipping around that he didn't even notice. He didn't even notice Bean until she was right next to him. Hey, he said, Bean, what are you doing? Get him, she yelled to Ivy. Ivy almost got the net over Leo's head, but he dodged away. Head him off the paths. Head him off the paths? That doesn't make any sense. Okay, I don't do sports, so maybe that's like a sports thing. Head him off the paths, okay? Cried Bean to Harlan and Franny. Leo didn't bother asking any more questions after that. He just ran. Waggling the little whopper over her head, Bean charged after him. Circle around, circle around, she, sh she shrieked. Leo looked over his shoulder and headed for the trees. 
Ivy and Franny and Harlan tore after him. He swung around and headed to the other direction, but there was Bean and her whopper. Leo turned again and ran smack into Ivy. Got him, Ivy yelled, which wasn't exactly true since Leo, she and Leo were both on the ground. Bagged him, bag him, hollered Bean, and Ivy dropped the net over Leo's head. Good work, panted Bean, galloping up with Harlan and Franny. Leo was panting too. What are, pant, pant, you guys doing? Bean poked Leo with her whopper. I'll be gall blammed. It's a talking Komodo. Very rare, gasped Ivy. Leo looked at them. What are you guys talking about? You're Komodo Dragon, Harlan said. A small one, said Bean. A runt, giggled Ivy. I am not, said Leo. Come on, what is this? It's a camp, said Ivy. We're the counselors, explained Bean. This is nature study. And Franny, a Komodo dragon hunt, said Ivy. And you're the Komodo dragon, Harlan, Harlan told him. Leo took, off, took the net off of his head. You guys are wackos, you know that? Bean stood up. Come on, little campers, just let's move out. Oh, come on. Oh my God, I am tired, you guys. Bean stood up. Come on, little campers, let's move out. Wait, Leo said. He rolled over on his stomach. You want to hunt a real Komodo dragon? Try catching that kid over there. And he pointed to a kid who was whizzing by with a soccer ball. Hey, Juanito, you're a Komodo dragon, Leo yelled. And the kid stopped whizzing. What? Get him! Oh my god. Honestly, you guys, that was like the longest chapter in my dang life. I am exhausted. I have been up since 4 o'clock in the morning. I got ditched again by Peyton. Peyton. Yep. Nope. No response. She's out. Okay. We'll uh, see you next time. Bye.